0: Genesis chapter number 17, verse number 1. If you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. Genesis chapter number 17, verse number 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in their generations, for an everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I'll give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Lord, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your grace and your love. God, thank you for, Lord, peace in the midst of uncomfortable times. Lord, when we, our heart's hurting. Thankful, Lord, that you are a God that can help and encourage us. God, and you can be with us in the most difficult of seasons. God, I'm thankful that you are a God who's worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. Lord, thank you for being a God who provides us with hope for tomorrow, grace for today, and a future in heaven someday after a while. Lord, I pray you bless the reading of your word, bless the preaching time tonight. I pray, God, you'd be exalted in this service. We love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You might be seated. Thank you for standing for the reverence of God's word. We're looking here in Genesis chapter number 17, and we are continuing our study uh, in biblical theophanies. um, Biblical theophanies. We'll look at our third theophany tonight in God's Word. Let me say this just to remind us and refresh us where we've been in weeks gone by and uh, say a few things introductory, if you will, to the study of theophany is a physical appearance of God to man. It have to be visible and audible, and I believe necessarily to make it a theophany, it must be human formed. While studying these biblical accounts, we will point out the facts and make applications throughout. Theophanies or Christophanies, which is an uh, Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ, are not the source of any presumed contradictions. Uh, John one eighteen, the Bible tells us, No, no man hath seen God at any time. Uh, What they're saying there is this, that that God, uh, that no one's seen God, but uh, Brother Jacob, if if there's these theophanies where God appeared, then that verse is a lie. Well, the truth of the matter is this, that verse is telling us that no one's ever seen God the Father, uh, but many people saw these theophanies in the Old Testament, which I believe are the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ and he is the one who made these appearances. You said, "How do you know, brother Jacob?" Because God, God the Father, to this day, does not have a physical body. Uh, but can I tell you, Jesus? I'm, I feel pretty confident saying Jesus has always had a physical body, and he always is going to have it. You said, "Brother Jacob, how can you be so sure?" If, if the Holy Spirit is a spirit, and God is a spirit, whose image did they make man in? god the son i believe i believe that a, a physical uh, a physical vessel to mimic in the creation of man so um hey man, i got a little bit ahead of myself there that's all right so uh, these bodily appearances are none other than God the Son. They are the Lord Jesus Christ. And a side note that I want to point out, because we have these Old Testament appearances of God, these theophanies or these Christophanies, where it is an Old Testament a, a revelation or an appearance of Jesus Christ, it further proves the existence of the eternal Godhead. There are many who believe that Jesus uh, began in a manger, Jesus began in the womb, but as we pointed out a moment ago from Genesis, chapter number one uh, god said let us make man in our image O, you are so i believe the godhead was there from the beginning and before the beginning was god that god the father god the son and god the holy ghost all three existence in perfect unity let me say this theophanies and christophanies are things of the past now if you tell me tonight when you go home that you see Jesus standing in the corner and I don't care if he's purple or green or Caucasian or African American looking, you tell me you see Jesus, I'll tell you you ate some bad pizza. Amen. Because the truth of the matter is the only way we see Jesus now uh, is through his word and through the spirit of God. Can I get an amen right there? You say, Brother Jacob, if that's true, then why why did God appear that way then? We could could, uh, uh, make it uh, uh, tie this together. Why did God speak to Joseph through dreams? Well, the reason uh, God spoke to Joseph through dreams, as Joseph didn't have a Bible down in the land of Egypt, amen. but we have a Bible. We have a resurrected Christ, Amen. We have the Holy Ghost of God. So these, the offices, are things of the past, and they're no longer necessary. I I want, can I just throw a, put a little pin here? There are things that took place in biblical days that no longer take place anymore. Theophanies are amongst that list. And you say, Brother Jacob, why did God do some things in the Bible then that he does not do now? I'm so glad you asked. Because the truth of the matter, in the case with these theophanies, is uh, in the case of God speaking through dreams and visions and and, uh, trances and things of that nature, is because they didn't have a completed copy of the Word of God. And uh, you say, well, Is there more things that God uh, 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 made to cease or God did away with? Absolutely. Uh, Most of your prophetic gifts or, or apostolic gifts, they have ceased. You say, Brother Jacob, why have they ceased? Because the word of God came. Because the Bible said, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. You say, oh, that's talking about Jesus. Well, Jesus had already come and gone and ascended. So it had to be talking about something else that was perfect. And spoiler alert, it was the Bible, Amen. And the truth of the matter of day, people still claim they have a apostolic gifts or prophetic gifts. Uh, I hate to tell you, they have ceased. There are no more. And you say, well, why did God give them if God is not going to use them anymore? Because the Bible tells us right in that same context, there in First Corinthians, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I did as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Those sign gifts God gave to the infant church, but when the church grew up a little bit God said you don't need those baby toys anymore and it cost nobody anything it wasn't in the notes but it just felt good to say amen and Jesus Christ came died rose and ascended the Holy Ghost ministers and speaks to hearts today and we now possess the complete revelation of God in the Bible the Lord can and still will show up in our lives today but not in the exact same way as he did in the many instances addressed in this study I'm not going to mention all of them. He appeared to Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Balaam, and many others throughout the Old Testament. So we looked first, first week at Genesis 3-8 there in the Garden of Eden. And then last week we looked at God's appearance to Abram in Genesis chapter number 12, verse number 7. But tonight we are looking at Genesis chapter 17, verse number 1, where the, Lord, where the Bible tells us the Lord appeared unto Abram the second time god appeared to abram the second time what a privilege it is once for god to physically appear uh, Before abram that god loved abram so much that he appeared to him uh, at least two times and spoiler He's going to appear to him at least a third time in the preceding chapter Let me just jump right into it. and We'll look at these things and we'll go to the house When the lord appeared unto abram the second time he was 99 years old Ninety-nine years old. So, Brother Jake, what application can we make out of that other than Abraham was old? And you said, well, I had to be careful saying what's old, what isn't old. But can I just tell you, 99 is old. I don't care which way you look at it or across it. 99 is old. And Abram was 99 years old when the Lord appeared to him the second time. What, what, what lesson can be taken from that? What, what thing can be produced from that? What can we leave here encouraged about out of that fact that he was 99 years old? This illustrates the fact that the Lord can show up in our lives regardless of our age gonna say that again. God can appear in our life, though not bodily, though not physically, but in a spiritual sense. God can show up. don't matter how young you are or how old you are or if you're just in the middle or you're just getting started or you've been in it a long time, God can and will stop by and visit his people. I'm glad to report to you today. I serve a God who's not worried about the age. Amen. I'm glad we serve a God who will stop by and help out and encourage and instruct whoever will listen regardless of their age we had god touch old kings we had god touch young kings we had god appear to young men we've had god appear to old men i'm just here to report to you tonight god is in the business of speaking to his people he's interested in speaking to anybody no not matter how old they are regardless of their age amen y'all excited about that say amen i'm glad you don't got to be a certain age amen uh, one thing thing about thing about the biblical priesthood, brother Bill, you can uh, you may know more about this, than I, I, I do because you, you've talked through it recently. But there was an age requirement for the priesthood. You, if you're real young, you couldn't, and if you're real old, you couldn't. It was who's forty, I think, was the age, brother Bill. Thirty or forty years old was the age, and fifty or sixty was the cutoff. And Brother Bill, uh, the, 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 the use for the priesthood was over. You could no longer serve. There may be some age requirements on the priesthood. There might be some age requirements on uh, the school system. But I'm glad there's no age requirements when it comes to the things of God. Amen. There may be rides you can't ride at the fair. Maybe you're too too little or sometimes too big. Uh, Tanner, we want to take case that you want to ride the elephants. And Tanner's got lined to ride the elephant, the little uh, Dumbo-looking thing flying around and I didn't know he was too tall, couldn't ride it. I don't know why, why that mattered because they didn't, nothing was above him, but uh, he was too big. Uh, and there were some rides, Cason was too small. And there are some rides that I'm very offended about today. He said, larger persons cannot ride. Amen. We, we started to go in. Miss Macy said, well, you you can ride too. And I said, "I said, what well, she don't understand is I'd been to the fair before without her, uh, before we was married, and there was rides I couldn't ride then, and I'm guaranteed I can't ride them now. Somebody sure. say amen there. And there's limitations, and we are restricted in different capacities, but I'm glad there's no restrictions in the things of God. God will visit you. God will be with you. You say, well, Brother Jacob, do you think God will want to come spend time with a young person? Yeah. you think God will want to spend time with a middle-aged person? Yeah You think God wants want to spend time with someone in their 60's Yeah he does You think God wants want to spend time with somebody in their 70's You better believe he does 80's, 90's and so on God will meet you if you will let him uh, Brother Jacob I don't think I'll get anything out if I pray You go to meet God and he will meet you there You open up your word You think Thank God will speak to me if you uh, If you open the word of God Not just to do it out of duty But you go to hear from heaven I promise you God will speak to your heart Regardless of your age When the Lord appeared unto Abram the second time, he was ninety and nine years old. When the Lord appeared unto Abram the second time, instructions were given. Look with me, if you will, verse number one, the second part of verse number one. And said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. A lot of people, they want God to visit. They want God to bless, but they don't want to obey God while he's there. Say that again, they want God to bless, they want God to visit, they want God to be present, but Sister Carolyn, they don't want to obey God in the process. Walk before me. What he's telling them, Brother David, was don't uh, don't follow Abraham's way or don't follow the land of Haran's way, don't follow Egypt's way, don't follow that king's way or this relative's way, follow me. Go my way. Walk before me. Do what I tell you to do. And I tell you, there's a lot of people today, they're trying to, they're trying to kiss Nebuchadnezzar. They're trying to uh, serve the God of this world. They're trying to uh, go with the flow and fit in and be accepted and being politically accurate. Can I tell you today, uh, we're not interested in following them or following the world. And you say, well, Brother Jacob, said we're to follow those that have the authority over us. There is a civil duty in the Word of God to be obedient citizens. uh, But that being obedient citizens uh, uh, does not negate our responsibility to God before we follow uh, the the government's uh, instruction to disobey. God, we better uh, know we serve God before we do the government. Somebody say amen right there. We have got to obey him, walk before him. And it says, be thou perfect. You say, uh-oh, Brother Jacob, I can't be perfect. It's another thing we got to I like to point this out. A lot of times there's a lot of words we use in our everyday speaking that don't mean the same thing in the Bible as they do in our day. Like blameless, uh, or not blameless, uh, uh, despise. Despise is hate, but in the Bible it's not hate, it's to think less of. Here we find the word perfect. And perfect in our world is spotless, perfect, uh, sinless, without flaw. But perfect in the Bible is mature. Mature, be thou perfect. You say, oh, I'm not sure. Then why did Paul write to, to the church, I, I believe it was Ephesus, about the perfecting of the saints. We can't be sinless, but we can be mature be mature. God wants us to be obedient unto him, walk his way, do his things and and be perfect mature, grow up and the, the longer you it's amazing, uh, there's things that we might have uh, struggled with when we were new Christians, the first time we got around God, things we struggled with when we first got into the Bible, uh, things we uh, strained about uh, in the faith that just really overwhelmed us when we first started walking with God, but the longer you walk with God, the longer you obey God, the longer you uh, are in enlisted in the service of god the less those things become strain worthy and they just become automatic we why do we follow god because god uh god it's expected of us to follow god we've been commanded to follow god why do we live the life we live because god's told us to live the life that he's given us amen and can i just point this out here it says it tells us how to walk it tells us how to be and i I don't want to sound like i'm preaching something new and fangled to to the world it would be because the world doesn't accept this but there's still some guidelines for god's people to follow A new age, modern Christendom throws the word of God out, tramples on the word of God and makes their own rules. But I'm telling you, we we born again believers, we still live by a code of ethics, a standard of morality. We follow the word of God. Amen. Amen. When the Lord appeared, instructions were given. Verse 2, and I'll make my covenant between me and thee and I'll multiply thee exceedingly when the lord appeared unto abram the second time instructions were given secondly blessings were told blessings were told we see that in the word covenant we see that in the word multiply uh there's a quote i saw years ago i wish i could remember off the top of my head but it goes something like this we serve god knowing that promises and rewards are promised us rewards are promised payment brother bill will be rendered That's not why we serve God. We serve God because it's right. But in the fact that we serve God and follow God because it's right, Brother Ed, God's a good God and he will bless us for our service, our obedience, and our sacrifice if a parent has got enough sense about them to reward a child or you got enough sense to reward someone in the work world or in the corporate world in the hospitality world uh, surely the great god of heaven and earth will reward his people blessings we're told god said he's going to make his covenant with him i don't know about y'all i want to walk for god because it's right i want to be what god wants me to be because it's right but you know god just adds a little cherry on the top and not only am i doing it because well, it's right but i'm doing it because it's rewarding serving God is rewarding. Can I tell you, when God stops by, it will be rewarding. Now, one thing a lot of people make mistakes of, they like to take Old Testament promises that were meant to the nation of Israel, and they like to apply them to New Age Christendom. And there are applications we can we can uh, 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 look at. There are things that we can look at and be encouraged by. I give this example quite frequently, but the, where the verse says, "Where no weapon of warfare shall rise up against thee, shall prosper. And that is not saying you are 10 foot tall and bulletproof you are indestructible that's not what that verse is saying God was promising that the nation of Israel would not be eradicated by any uh a weapon of man but the truth of the matter is tonight is this is God will God does bless us in that way God does help us in that way I tell you, brother George even if God doesn't give me a special blessing or a special promise when he meets with me it's just the privilege to be in his presence aren't you glad you can just get to be around God uh, there's a book I read many years ago if you've never read it I Encourage you to read it. Uh, As far as I know, there's nothing off the wall in there, but it's a real good book uh, for spouses. It's a real good book for parents. It's a real good book just for for being a person. And the book's called The Five Love Languages. I don't know if you've ever read it. Gary Chapman wrote it. And the truth of the matter is, is not everybody loves the same. Some people's uh, love language is physical touch, and that don't mean nothing vulgar or nothing like that. But it's physical touch. Uh, Some people like quality time. Some people uh, their love language is words of affirmation. Some people's love language is receiving gifts. Uh, there's different love languages. It's really encouraging when you find out what somebody's love language is and why one kid uh, responds one way to this and another kid responds another Because their love languages are different. Can I tell you, there's a lot of Christians that just assume, because they read the Old Testament, that uh, God's love language, He wants to give us gifts. Receiving gifts is love language. Now could it be that God just wants to bless us and His love language is just quality time? And God just wants to be around us. And that should be enough. That's right. y'all, y'all with me tonight? Say amen. amen. Uh, it should be enough. God. Well, where's my present? Where's my present? That's one thing we try to instill in our boys. Every time a grandparent comes, every time a relative comes, every time you see somebody, don't expect to get something. Sometimes just enjoy being around. And one thing grandparents are good for, but they're also bad for, is they like spoiling children. For the truth of the matter, it builds up in them that anybody who loves them is going to show up with a gift. Oh, that is detrimental to a child. If, if if we paint a picture that the only way that you can be loved is to get stuff, you will, that child will grow up to be surely disappointed. Somebody help me out right there. That's good preaching. The truth of the matter is this is, yes, does God show up sometimes with an ice, a nice a gift with a bow on top? Yes, He does. Uh, but Brother Ed, sometimes He just shows up and just makes us feel loved when we get to stand around and be in His presence. The instructions were given. Blessings were told. Tell you, notice third third thing in verse three, and Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, "We'll look more at what he said in a moment." But when God said what he said, Abram fell on his face. When the Lord appeared unto Abram the second time, instructions were given, blessings were told, but and I say this, he was overwhelmed with joy. We never we never should get over the fact. Uh, we should never get over the fact of. What what a privilege it is To be in the presence of God And I'm not talking about physically Some outer body experience Or, or uh, some, somebody with wings shows up To minister to you No, that's not what I'm talking about at all But this being in the presence of God You ever been in a place where you just knew God was there When you needed a I, I, I'm not trying to sound spooky or mystical Brother Bill, But you just needed the, you needed a touch from the Lord And you felt a hand that felt like a hand from heaven you know, I'm not being spooky or mystical And you say, oh, it's not biblical Well, uh, Daniel 10 tells us that uh, uh, Daniel Daniel was praying and fasting, he, and he felt a strong hand sustaining him. Uh, it may not, but Daniel's case was probably, it was a physical hand, uh, amen. But can I tell you, sometimes we feel that spiritual hand come by and touch us. And uh, just the fact of being around the Lord, we ought to have the same response that Abram did. He fell on his face. Uh, we should never get over the blessings of God. We, we, can I just tell you, uh, we, 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 it's almost like this. If we celebrated Christmas every day, if you got a three to four or five presents every day, you'd get tired of getting presents. I know, y'all pray, my wife has been trying to put up a Christmas tree since August. Amen. The only only a good thing I got going for me is ours burned out last year and I ain't bought another one yet. Somebody help me right there, all right? But the truth of the matter is this. Is if you had the Christmas tree up year round, it would lose the effect of this. If you, if you listen to Christmas music for six months, you'd get over it too. Amen, y'all pray for me, all right? Amen. Uh, if I hear Michael Buble one more time, amen. I'm just kidding. Uh, but the truth of the matter is is this: that was a joke. Y'all laugh. But if it was up year round, you'd become desensitized to it. If, if sport the sport season lasted year round, I mean, you'd get you'd get tired of it. If you, I, listen, I I I love hamburgers and I love steak and I love pizza. I love good pizza. But I'm going to tell you, if I ate those three things every day, I would probably eventually get tired of them. Amen. Can I tell you, we can get desensitized and get over and get burnt out on a lot of things. We never ever get burnt out or desensitized or used to being around the God of all heaven and earth. Amen. Fell on his face. He was blown away by God. Can I ask you a question? Are you still blown away by God? he still blow you away. Does he still shock you? Does it still, does, it, does it still light up your world when he comes by and just does something special? Or sometimes he comes by. I'm not saying physically, but sometimes God will just come wink at you, tell you good job. Brother, but, but maybe it's not even a word, but sometimes God will stop by and give you a thumbs up and press on. You're doing right. I'm telling you, I appreciate those times God stopped by us and visits. Amen. Instructions were given. Blessings were told. He was overwhelmed with joy. Last oh Not lastly, verse 4 and verse 5. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. When the Lord appeared unto Abram the second time, how he appeared or how he was known to the world was different. Namely, no longer was he Abram, which means high father, uh, he would now be called Abraham, which means the father of many nations. Please, I, I know I've, I've touched on this twice already in the study this far, but I'm going to mention again here tonight. When you hang around God, when you when you've really visited with God, how the world sees you will be changed. When when somebody gets saved by God's grace, they become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Boom, they're they're changed. There's something different about. Them. And I tell you that there, it it, it It goes beyond that. And God begins makes us new and then works on us, builds us, makes us better. Remember that? The more we get around the Lord, the more God works on us, enhances us, builds us, grows us. And here's the thing. When you first got saved, you weren't a perfect image of Jesus. But the truth of the matter, every day with the Lord, we're supposed to be getting a little bit more like Jesus. Every day. The world was no longer to call Him Abram, which is High Father. Now... a high father, a God in his own right. Now he's going to be Abraham. Abraham. The father of many nations. He wasn't a God in himself, but he pointed people to the very great God of heaven. Uh, 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 the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that he was the father of the faith. Hallelujah for that. I'm glad he wasn't a man built on his own faith, but he is one who is founded in the faith of God Almighty. Let me say it one more time and I'll move on for time's sake tonight. When you meet with God, when the Lord appears, though not bodily, but when the Lord appears, the Lord stops by so the Lord helps you you will be viewed different by the world. A good example is this, is, uh, this will help you. Saul of Tarsus got saved in Acts chapter number 9, but I think it's 13 and 14. He's still referred to as Saul even though he's already been saved. And then somewhere between 14 and 15, God changes his name to Paul. He was a new creature back there in chapter number 9, but God changed who he was to the world. You, You spend time with God, grow in God, get used to being around God. How the world perceives you will be different. When the world looks at us as born-again children of God and people who supposedly spend time with God or are used to being in the presence of God, and I hope you really are. I hope you strive every day, not just to to hear from the Lord or feel a touch from heaven on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or maybe on a Wednesday night, but I want you to feel the presence of God tomorrow. I want you to be visited by God on Tuesday. I want you to seek His face on Thursday. Are y'all hearing me today? And if we'll do that, God will come by and will change who we are to the world and you say well the world don't know me it'll change the world that's around you and change the world that's around you i hope that makes sense tonight how he appeared to the world was different verse six seven and eight and i'll be done i could give more but i'm going to stop here god said in verse six and i'll make thee exceeding fruitful and i'll make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I'll give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. The second time the Lord appeared unto Abram, which is now Abraham, the second time he appeared to him. The promises of the Lord were rehearsed and further revealed. You see what do you mean, Brother Jacob? When God stops by and visits, He'll do just what He did for Abraham. Sister Carolyn, God began to tell him again things that He had told him before. God had mentioned them before, just he, just a couple of verses before, but God begins to go over them again. And not only that, he start, Brother, Brother George, he started telling him about things that he didn't know God was going to do. You say, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. He told him things that he already knew. He was reminded of those things. And he was told of things that he did not know about. You say, I'm not following you. When God comes by and you need a touch from heaven, you need some encouragement, you need some strength for the journey, Brother Bill, God will come by and He'll tell you something that you already know that you need reminding of. Amen. Y'all follow me? You, you ever needed a verse and somehow God bring that verse to your attention? And what a great God. He'll just He'll just bring, bring a verse to your attention, one that you could probably quote real easily, but in that moment God brings it up to you and you need to hear it again. That's 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 what I'm looking at here. But not only that, God don't, doesn't always, uh, not only does God bring up things, things we're familiar with, sometimes God will bring up things we're foreign to you. So what do you mean, Brother Jacob? you would be lying. You'd be lying to me, yourself, to this church, and to God if you say, I'm familiar with all the Bible. I'm a master on all of it. You would be lying. I'm the pastor, and if I told you that, I'd be lying. Amen? <laughs> the truth of the matter is I'm not an expert on everything, I don't think you are either. But the truth the truth is this. sometimes, Sometimes the Lord will come by and he'll tell us things that we already knew and just remind us of them. But sometimes God will speak those things that we're not so familiar with. This is gonna sound weird. I know it is. I'm not trying to sound weird or out in left field somewhere, out out in the stands somewhere of the stadium. But I just want to point this out. Sometimes God will remind you of a verse that you did. You're not even. Real. You're like, where? You're like, where'd that come from? I'm not talking about giving you a new verse. He's not producing a new copy of the Word of God, brother David. He'll just come by and say, hey. I know you think a lot about the Psalms. What about this verse in Isaiah? And it'll, you, God will use a verse you didn't even think could encourage you. And God will pick up a verse and say, hey, here's the encouragement that you need. He'll use things that we're familiar with. But sometimes God uses those things we're foreign to. And He'll encourage us just the same. So I, 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 I'm not sure what you mean. Sometimes the Holy Spirit reminds us of things we already know exactly when we need to hear them again. Sometimes the Holy Spirit reveals to us things that we are not as familiar with or things that we are foreign to exactly when we need to hear them. The long and short of this, sometimes it's something you know and sometimes it's things that you didn't know but you needed to know. What's the, what's the point of this? When God steps by, when God visits, when God makes an appearance, albeit not bodily, God shows show up spiritually. God stops by your house and stops by my house or stops or rides in the truck with you, or rides in the car with you, or meets you down at Walmart. And you, you, I, you believe God can meet you at Walmart, and I believe God can meet you at Walmart just as much as he can on a lawnmower. H- Amen. But the truth of the matter is this, the long and short of it is this, or the reminders of things you already know and the revelation of things you did not know. The long and short of it is this. God makes sure that you have the Word that you need when you need it. I I don't know about y'all, but what a a privilege. There are a lot of books that you could read, and you say, hmm, I wonder, how does the story end? Or what was the author thinking? Or, I mean, is there there, there another book you could read to make that one book seem... to, to fill in the blanks of the other books? I wish I could ask the author. Well... The other, the other books, uh, the author writes them and sends his book out and his, the author stays behind. We have a Bible and he, he, he authored the book. And Sister Carolyn, when we got the book. We didn't just get the book. We got the author too. Amen. And the, having the author of the book, not only in the book, but in our hearts, Amen. he can show up and give us exactly what we need Amen. when we need it. I'm just talking about when the Lord appears. He'll give you the words you need, the encouragement you need. You need wisdom, He'll give it to you. You need comfort, He'll give it to you. If you need a charge, He'll give it to you. If you need something to light your fire, He'll give it to you. If you need assurance, He'll give it to you. Why? Because the great God of all heaven and earth. He, its not the, the devil wants you to be confused and ignorant, but God wants you to walk in light and confidence. Y'all, y'all hearing me tonight? God doesn't want His people in the dark. God wants His people in the light well I'm confused well it didn't come from God God's not the author of confusion he wants his people to be in the know and he wants them to be comforted he wants them to be strong and standing for the word of the Lord can I encourage you tonight and as I close this world's crazy there are people those we call friends and family and loved ones maybe just acquaintances Uh, that are in our lives, that will oppose us for the things we do, I'm just going to warn you, you need to make it a regular event to meet with the God of heaven. I'm not talking about some solid eight-foot-tall Jesus. Quit with that. But when the God of all heaven and earth comes by spiritually and you're in His presence, use that opportunity don't waste that opportunity. Let it, you, let it help you and fuel you through the hills and valleys of life. Because I promise you, these things aren't every day. The troubles are every day. But we need, we need to stockpile these events when they take place and use them as ammunition in our spiritual warfare in this life. Amen. Amen. I'll quit preaching there. Thank you for your attention tonight.